My name is John Merchada, and this is the Gunpowder Plot Show, also known as the Guy Fox Podcast, and we are car casting for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And then also the episode tonight, so this might be like a two-hour episode. Good for you, good for me, good for all of us. What up, though? Up here in Michigan, the murder mitt. Uh, I'm a little slap happy. Holy shit, I almost knocked myself out the other day. I got excited about something. And I (laughs) went downstairs, and um, the last few steps, I forgot that there is a fucking ceiling. And so I launched my ass like a child off the last couple of stairs. And I heard a, a hard thud, and I felt a, I heard and felt a crack in my neck. Um, and it wasn't until I think I collapsed to the floor that I realized uh, what had happened, and uh, I bonked my head. I have ah, uh, hold on. I mean, really ruins the mojo, you know, when I get a phone fucking call, but. My job kind of requires me not to put it on airplane mode. Know what, know what I'm saying? Know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so I bonked my head on the stupid ceiling. Uh, but more so because I'm stupid. Like a child. Got excited. Oh, shit, that's a police station. And I am... S- I mean, I was doing seven over, but everybody does five. You know, let's be honest. Um... As I always say, see black people? You're not the only ones that freak out when you see a cop car. Oh shit, what am I doing? Um, yeah, so I damn near knocked myself out. I got a lump on the top of my dome, right? Like right above my, it's above my forehead about an inch or two. And it hurts like a motherfucker. I take a shower and just the shower hurts my head. Fuck, it's, I mean, and I got a scab too, it's gross. I don't know what the hell. I mean, I hit it hard. I got powerful legs. And, uh, but see, big head, it's harder to knock out. I didn't lose consciousness, not at once, which more so means I suffered every bit of pain that came with that damn thing. I'm writhing in pain. My wife has no idea. Apparently, it didn't make much of a sound or a sound that, that was unfamiliar to my wife. Uh, and she's just upstairs doing shit down there all fucking sad and stuff and a in a in a lump of dummy um so that happened the other day the other day that was about two days ago i think so uh i get to suffer through dude i'm having fucking headaches at night now ouch don't do what i did see i'm still fulfilling that theme of this episode or, i mean i'm sorry of this podcast of uh sharing my uh mistakes with you so that you don't make them too 39 years old, like a fucking child, jumping off the bottom steps because I'm excited. See? And then I get hurt, so don't get excited. (laughs) Um, However, as I say that, number one, and I don't think I included this in my episode last week, (coughs) also didn't bring my notes of all the things I wanted to talk about, but anywho, happy college football season opener last Saturday and Thursday and Friday and Sunday. Shit, I didn't see who Clemson played whoever. Georgia beat the breaks off of Oregon, um, showing why they 
are the returning champions. It's so retarded. I'm so sick and tired of Alabama and Ohio State constantly, every season, getting put at number one and two. What in the fuck is the reason for that? Like, why wouldn't you put the champions at number one? They won it, you know? Why wouldn't Michigan be in the top five? You know, they came in the top four. And I hear... Uh, I've heard a couple of things that they're expanding the playoffs. Um, I heard one that they're going to include seven. Was it seven games or seven teams? I think it was seven teams, but maybe they meant seven games, right? Get one, two, three, four, even seven games wouldn't make sense. It would have to be nine. You'd have, you'd need eight games and then the winners from those guys and then the winner. Yeah. You need it an odd number at the end for the championship. But then I heard 12 team, a 12 team playoff. Maybe that is, wait, 12 teams, which means six games. Yeah. But then you need, you would need a, a, what? East coast, West coast. You need another game in there. No. Yeah. So that's a two, four, six, oh, wait, 12, two, four, Six. I can't do math right now. I'm re- see see what happens when you bonk your head. You forget normal arithmetic. But anyway, um, I did hear a twelve team playoff. That's pretty cool. This is all stuff that doesn't matter. Remember how I have to preface it with all that. Um, it's just entertainment, right? You know what I didn't notice? Anybody taking a knee during the national anthem? I don't know if that's still happening. I just didn't notice it myself. I was at work, and luckily, I uh, I looked it up on my phone, and I was able to watch the whole... Oh, the Michigan game. So, Michigan blew out Colorado State. Um, my homie DB Cooper is from Colorado, or lives in Colorado. Sorry, he's from Michigan, so he got to enjoy it, I think. Uh, he was watching it. I was watching it. Uh, they look pretty good. I know that there's... So, there's this thing going on, just in case you care, which you probably don't. But there's a quarterback battle between Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. And Cade was supposed to... Oh, fuck, what do I do here? A couple of bike riders. Fucking dude... DB knows what I'm talking about. Fucking people on bikes in Michigan will get on your motherfucking nerves. Dude, and they almost fell. Are you retarded? Yes. Um, Bicyclists are such pains in the asses, man. It causes such a dilemma when you're driving up on them and you got somebody going the other direction and then you got to slow down and they don't give a fuck. They're like, I got the right of way. Fucking punk ass bicyclers. I used to call them bikers with my ex-wife. Her dad was an actual biker, like a motorcycle guy. And she'd get so pissed. So I'd do it extra. (laughs) Anywho. um, So yeah, there's a little competition. Cade McNamara was supposed to start the first one and then J.J. McCarthy starts. uh, They play against Hawaii. Michigan has like... The easiest schedule, but I've been saying this for forever. All the best teams do that. They usually will schedule maybe one hard um, um, non-conference game, but the rest of them are all like fucking teams you've never heard of in your life. Uh, And they do that so that they're actually playing. uh, It's more than it counts more obviously than an exhibition. It's uh, real competition, but you're just and you know you're going to blow them out. You know you're going to do really well against them. You get a couple of things that happen. You get the feeling of winning, right? 
Uh, you get the feeling of doing good shit, but it also kind of helps your team meld together. Oh shit, even with even with not paying attention, I'll still go on the speed limit. Fuck yeah, that's how good my speedy foot is. My speed, gas foot, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, um, so it does a lot of those. I feel like there is a correlation with life in what I just said about doing some easy shit right? Maybe the first couple of times and then increase the difficulty, you know, so you get good at it and then you get even better at it. But, uh, all the major, I mean, you're talking fucking, uh, who did Alabama play? They played some fucking dorky game team. And then there's some other ones out there. They all do it. You know, Ohio state's been doing it for forever and it's a good idea to do for these guys. So Michigan did it. We got Colorado state, we got Hawaii. Who's this other one? Um, Fuck, I can't remember the third one. I mean, it's it's the only real competitive games that we're going to have this year. Uh, we got, I think, only two ranked teams as of right now. We got to play Iowa and Penn State. They usually turn up pretty good. Iowa almost lost their game, so I don't know about them. It was 7-3. to three. That is a low-scoring, I don't even know if it's high defense. I don't know if either team got over 200 yards of total offense. It was terrible. Um, Penn State usually shows up towards uh, mid to late season. Um, so we'll see. But uh, Michigan, I'm looking for them to uh, whoop the shit out of Michigan State this year. Man, I hate I hate Michigan State. I got a scar on my face that I will have until the day I die because of some Michigan, uh, Michigan Stateies. And then, uh, and then Ohio State. We beat them last year. And now... Dude, I looked at it, and I think they have, like, Michigan has, like, a 15% chance of beating it. Or that's what the, the record keepers say. Fuck you, man. We beat the brakes off of Ohio State last year. I mean, it was a, about as solid a win as you can get. And it wasn't just a win. It was an ass whooping. And uh, But this time, I guess it's going to be down in Ohio State. But I still, I still, I don't know. You know, I got to pull, pull for my boys. As I say that, there is a big fight coming up on Saturday. Huge fight. Nate Diaz versus Kamzat Chimaev. I think I said his name right. Um, Colby Covington calls him Cumshot. <laughs> uh, everybody is betting on Kamshot. Uh, I think I said Kamzat. Yeah, Kamzat. Everybody's betting on this guy. He's the new greatest thing, whatever. Uh, and he's got some good shit that's going on for him. He's kind of like, they kind of claim that he's the next Khabib. Nergamargamagamov. Um, I think he only got punched four times in his first four matches because he, he's a really good grappler. Uh, dude, you're running into a wood chipper in Nate Diaz. Everybody thought this was going to go the same way when it came to uh, Conor McGregor. Everybody, you know, they were all on Conor's side and, oh, he's going to win this, that, and the other. And then he went up against Nate Diaz and Nate put an ass kicking on him. And uh, choked him out in what the second, third round? I think it was second round. So I, uh, I, I'm taking Nate's side, dude. Uh, Nate is one of my favorites of all time. Nate and his brother Nick. Um, and Nick, dude, I just found this out about Nick Diaz too. When he fought Robbie Lawler the second time, which was his last fight, he lost. And it was so bizarre when I watched him lose because he doesn't ever lose like that. Now, you could you could have chalked it up to like, oh, well, he's older, you know, he just doesn't have it in him. Dude, Robbie Lawler's the same age. And Nick Diaz looked great. 
Well, there's a little backstory to why Nate Diaz, I'm sorry, Nick Diaz lost the way that he did. Dude, he had like, I think two broken vertebrae in his neck and he had some other shit going on with his spine and he had times where he couldn't feel his hands. I think he said, I think, and and he didn't say any of this. So it wasn't like he's coming out to search for excuses, you know, like a year later or however long it's been. It was their coach. It was a Gracie, uh, Henzo, I think it was. Uh, Gracie, who came out to tell all this. And the Gracies are, like, huge on uh, integrity and shit like that. So they're not going to just come up with some excuse or some bullshit just so that they can make their own guys feel better. They're going to tell you the truth. And uh, I believe it because Nick Diaz ended up having uh, surgery where they put in new... new. Um, no, it wasn't... It, I'm sorry, it wasn't vertebrae. It was... Ah, uh, oh shit. Discs. And so he had two discs put in his neck and uh, they had to wait for him to fuse and this, that, and the other. And uh, now he's getting uh, back in the gym and he says he feels better. Um, you know, he's got the feelings in his appendages and shit like that. So he's doing a lot better. So that was a, that's a huge thing, at least, you know, for somebody like me that pays attention to this. Again, it doesn't really matter for anybody other than the fighters themselves for the most part. Uh, but you know, for somebody that supports them, like I do, uh, fucking Nick Diaz army all day. And, uh, I'm glad to hear that he's, uh, he's feeling better. I'd like to see a rubber match between those two. If, uh, if Nick gets to feeling, um, a hundred percent or at least close to, and that's the thing about surgery for anybody that might be listening that, uh, you've been putting off surgery, whatever it may be. I had this brought to my attention. I, I've had, uh, I have plantar fasciitis in both my heels. And um, before I got my surgeries, I didn't want to get them. I remember talking to my cousin. I was like, I don't want to get it, man. I don't want to have somebody cutting my skin and shit, you know, cutting my, my flesh and fucking shit up. And then I'm not as good as I was. And she helped me to understand. It's like, all right, well, where are you at right now? Between zero and 100%. And I was like, fuck, man, probably 30. And that ain't no joke. My whole body is fucked up because of that. I have to do so much shit now. I mean, I got to do yoga every day. I got to do abs every day. Uh, I got to run. Lifting weights feels uh, makes me feel a lot better. Resistance bands, all that shit. Guy, are you going to go or what? Fucking slow poke motherfucker. And you're in a Mustang, you dumbass. Um, so I got to do all this shit just to make my body feel better. But it's because I had spent so long putting this off. And she helped me to realize, all right, well, you cannot do your surgeries and stay at 30% and probably go down further to your 20s. I would get up, and as soon as my feet touched the ground, pain, instant pain. I mean, I had plantar fasciitis in both both heels, which means all all tendons um, were inflamed, um, inflammated. And then I had bone spurs touching down on those. So when people like talk shit about Donald Trump and having bone spurs and shit, it's like, you know, fuck you, dude. The army, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Navy, the army, certainly the air force, nobody would let me in when I went to go try at that point. Cause they're like, no, you, if you got heel spurs, you gotta get that shit figured out. They would not let me in. So, um, people don't understand, dude, that is some hard shit to deal with. And I was still running. I was fucking running in some terrible shoes that I should have never been in with that fucking bad of heels and all that. Ran through the pain, man. Ran till they went numb and then ran some more. So anyway, uh, she was like, you can do that. 
you know, or not do that and, you know, maybe get worse or you can get surgery and be at 90%. She was absolutely right. Fucking got the surgery in both heels. It took some time. I mean, each one I think took about eight weeks in total, get the surgery and, and get back to, and then finally start walking again and then get the other one, another eight weeks, you know, and then get back to, um, I, and what really sucked and what I'm kind of worried about in the future is that it might come back. And I even talked to my uh, podiatrist who said, uh, this last time I had, I had a third one done on my left heel and, uh, he had to go in and, and do some more shit. And, um, you know, that was, I think that one again was somewhere around seven or eight, eight weeks. And, uh, I'm good, man. I'm fucking running all the time. Um, excuse me run every day. Um, you know, I can stomp on them. I can, all that shit. I mean, it's almost like I'm at a hundred percent. I don't even notice, but then again, you know, when you spend so much time in pain, it's, it starts to kind of go away. Um, what's the best example? I've got, I've got some, and the thing is, especially like the lower that you have an injury, the higher it, the higher it will go in affecting things. So if you have like an injury in your feet, your whole body's going to feel it. I've got, I've had issues with my ankles, my knees, my hips, my back, my neck, my shoulders, um, which is why I have to do, uh, I mean, you can call it physical therapy or, uh, yoga, whatever. Uh, it's why I have to do it so much is so that I can get rid of that. It's why I do intermittent fasting is to lower the inflammation. Of course, you know, that's also a lot to do with what I eat, which I'm not the best. I don't have the best diet. I can say that at times I do, but other times, no. No, 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 no. I like fast food too much. And, uh, you know, hey, man, if you're going to hoot with the owls, you got to scream with the eagles. You know what I mean? So um, if you were putting off doing surgeries, may I suggest to you that same scenario? You can either not do it and maybe get worse or get the surgery and be at 90%. You know, especially with where a lot of medicine, I know I shit on the scientific community and, and the medical community quite a bit, especially with their more recent failures and, um, how to mitigate and handle the COVID situation. But, uh, just because they fucked up on that doesn't mean that they haven't, haven't come leaps and bounds in a lot of other, uh, territories. So, um, which certainly has, I mean, it takes, it takes navigating and, and, uh, uh, deciphering. Is that the word? Ciphering? Deciphering? Um, through, uh, you know, shit, number one, shit that ails you, but also, you know, everything as a whole. It's kind of a life thing. Um, but that's all that fun stuff for now. Uh, outside of that, to get back to the issues that affect us all. Um, oh, wait, let me finish with uh, Nate Diaz and Kazmat. Kazmat? Chimaev. Um, Kazmat, whatever his name is, is pretty good. Oh shit. Nick, I'm um, sorry. Nate Diaz just did an interview with Breck Okamoto, who's like an MMA interviewer guy. Um, and you got to understand the Nick, I'm sorry, the, the Diaz brothers, these guys, uh, as much shit as I give Joe Rogan, he, he described it pretty well in saying that they may not have the easiest time expressing themselves, uh, verbally, but when it gets to fighting, they are, they're artists. I mean, it's like watching Michelangelo 
paint the Sistine Chapel. That's how fucking good these guys are. And truly, especially when uh, Nick Diaz was in Strike Force and became the Strike Force middleweight champion, and a lot of his other fights that he had too, when he fought um, BJ Penn, uh, when he fought Robbie Lawler the first time, um, when he fought in Pride, um, when he fought in Strike Force. I mean, the dude just goes in, and it's, it, I mean, it's a thing to watch, man. Both of them, you know, um, and they they combine boxing and jujitsu like no one else, which are my probably my two favorite uh, fighting styles, you know. And you find it in both of those guys, and uh, it's just cool. All the dynamics of the of the Diaz brothers, you know, being brothers, and and these guys aren't just brothers. Like <clears throat> I had a, a a chat with my uncle today my dad's brother. And, uh, I even called up my dad for a minute. Haven't talked to him in forever. Right. And, and I'll kind of give you an insight into my life. Me and, uh, I think I had talked about the day that I called up my father and I said, Hey man, like, listen, I don't know if you're going to take this. If you're going to, if you're going to take offense to this, it's not meant to be that way, but, uh, I forgive you for everything that you had done. Right. I felt it was something I needed to do. <clears throat> And uh, he took it all right. His response was not quite what I expected, but, you know, me and my dad's relationship is not where it used to be, for sure. And uh, he had said something to the effect of, I never meant to cause you grief, right? So he didn't quite apologize. He's not really, I don't think, very good at apologizing, but... um, you know, that, that's where that was. And it was like, okay, this is a good talk. It's not bad. My dad knows, you know, I've, I've done this, you know, thing, this, it was a pretty big thing for me to do, to be able to forgive, to tell him, not just to forgive him, which is good enough, I think, but also to say it to him in order to build a relationship that's been, um, I don't want to say necessarily destroyed, but it, it's, it's, it's been, heavily negatively affected, uh, by a lot of things. So, you know, pretty sad for me. Um, but you know, it, and my idea that I had was, and I've been thinking about this for a while, right? You see other people with their dads. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously pretty close with, uh, Andre Willaware and, uh, he's got a phenomenal relationship with his dad. His dad is a great guy. And guess who's calling me right now? This motherfucker. I just said his name. Hold on. So this time I have a good reason why I lost track of where I was. Sort of. I remember I was talking about good relationships between people and this being, and I just got done talking to fucking Andre Willow Air for like 40 minutes, um, which is a good talk. I'm going to hang out with him here after, um, um, I think on the 11th or something, they're coming into town, we're going out to eat, and then he's camping, so I get to go out and camp with him and his family and all that, which is so funny that I was just talking about his dad and and mom, he's got a really good relationship with them, and so, you know, I'd seen that, and my wife's got a really good, my father-in-law is like one of the best men I've ever met, you know, truly, really, really good guy, fucking dotes over my kids, Uh, my son is obviously, oh, you know what, I'm going to tell this motherfucker I'll call him back, I'll call you back, dink. Uh, my son is not his blood grandson, um, but he wouldn't know. He wouldn't. He'd 
doesn't treat him any different, man. Just is such a good... I mean, fucking guy will just give him $100. I'm not shitting you. Um, and it's just, you know, so that he can dote on him and, and fucking, you know, make him feel, I don't know, like he's not left out. And, uh, you know, I see all this and, and, uh, me and my dad used to be really, I thought really close, right? Which is one of the things, I mean, like, I know I talk about this almost nonchalantly. Um, I mean, this has been a lot of, of fucking, I don't know how you you would describe it, but dealing with it for a long, long time. And, uh, but there was a time that me and my dad were really close, you know, and, um, it just sucks to, to see where it's at now. So I finally, I finally had enough and, uh, I've been thinking about it for a while and I was like, you know what? Fuck this dude. I'm going to harass my father. (laughs) I can't even remember what the point was I was going to make before this, you know, where I got, I kind of branched out to this part and talking with my uncle about it and all that. But, um. No, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, I am going to harass my father. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to call him every day. Probably not that because I'm not that good at phones. Uh, probably every week and, uh, uh, you know, just fucking hash it out with him, whether he wants to hear it or not. My dad is not somebody like, he does not like confrontation. And so, um, you know, I got my mom is a part of me, obviously, and, and we're all about confrontation, where that's the Irish side, you know, so, um, I don't give a shit now, so it's like, you know, and I, the way I see it is I'm, I'm talking, when I talk to my father, I'm talking to a dead man, and what I mean by that, I know it sounds pretty severe, what I mean by that is, my dad and my relationship is gone, I mean, the, for his birthday, which landed on Father's Day this year, I texted him, because I didn't know what to do. Because after I told him I loved, or I'm sorry, I forgave him and all that, uh, he didn't call me. And fucking, I mean, that was like I think right after Christmas or something weird. And I didn't hear from him. Never called me. Never reached out. Never no text. No anything. After I reached out, extended the, the uh, olive branch to him, he never fucking reciprocated anything. Which is kind of how he is. Which sucks. And so I fucking texted him. I was like, dude, I did this big thing you know, to try and bring us, you know, closer together and, uh, and nothing. And so, you know, I was just thinking, it's like, you know what? Fuck this, man. I'm not going to let this relationship go to shit. I'm sure shit, you know, not going to fucking, I don't know, let my, my stepmother, who's the one that really is the driving force behind it, given he is the man, he makes his own decisions, but I'm not going to let that bitch win in the end of it all. So I, I don't know how much time I have before he passes, hopefully a long time from now. But the reason that I say it, like I said it is because as of right now, my dad, my dad died a long time ago to me, you know, and it's sad to say, but that's what it feels like. So anything that I can get out of from here on out in terms of just having a relationship, I don't want his money. I don't want his, I don't want his possessions. I don't want any of that. I mean, would I want it if he, if I got it in a will or whatever, just because it was my father's. All right. But that, I don't give a shit about that. If it were to all go away tomorrow, I'm not sad. I want my relationship with my father. So, and I want my kids to know him. I want my daughter who he's only seen two times in fucking six years. I want her to know him and I want her to know the good part of him. And I want to get that relationship back. So I'm going to harass the shit out of him until I get it. I'm going to hash it out and we're going to fucking, I'm going to make him fucking come around. So 
you know, to all of you out there that might be facing the same thing, fucking do it. I've got a couple of you to start your own podcast and shit, or at least not that I got you to do it. It's, you know, you, you guys just needed somebody to say it and then you did it, you know, like Bentley. So, um, if you got that relationship, do what I'm about to do. You know, I'll let you know how mine goes. I'll keep you updated, you know? Um, but outside of that, sadly, I just got home. So I got to end this episode or this part of the episode. And I'll be doing another one here in a bit with Bentley, uh, Meadows, uh, slash Bentley Craig. And so, uh, you'll hear it, but until that one, which you'll hear in a second, be accountable, be responsible. Don't be a bitch ass liberal. And I am greeted by Bentley Meadows. Hi buddy. Uh, I can tell you right now, I am going to keep me on track. Uh, so obviously we're doing this a little later and the story behind that is, well, I was, uh, swamped at work, finally got done with some stuff and then, uh, right. I was going to, yeah, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, I was going to reach out to you and, um, my wife was a little stressed out, so I needed to talk with her. Not like about me or nothing, but just, you know, stuff. And uh, she was needing to go to sleep because it's pretty late. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you want something to help you get to sleep? She was like, okay. <laughs> I am, um, well, late night nuggets for certain right now. Well, on the same kind of note, I did tell my honey, don't be coming in here. I'm going to be doing a podcast, wanting sex, so that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you old dog. Not that kind of podcast. <laughs> uh, shit. So, um, how are you doing as a terrorist, extremist? MAGA force member well I'm not a MAGA force member but but I think just by you know birds of a feather um, I think that's what that was all about I'm like I'm, I'm going to be whether I say so or not yeah yeah for sure you are uh, I mean because if you're not that then you're a racist white supremacist Nazi. And now I'm pretty certain that they think we're both. Well, I know one thing, no matter what they call me, I am their worst nightmare. If they're standing in front of me, there you go. They can't handle Bentley Craig. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm like, come over here and say that. Come right here. Well, I mean, they're not this the the most um, intimidating people. I mean, once you start to get a crowd of them, their their shrieking tends to um, become a little overwhelming. I'd say, but uh, I get what you're saying. Did uh, <clears throat> did you watch the speech or see any highlights of the speech? I watched some of it. <clears throat> I sent you a clip of what I thought it sounded like to me. Oh, yeah. It sounded like Pink from Pink Floyd, the movie. 
Are there any queers in the audience tonight? <laughs> Get him up against the wall. <laughs> there's one there. He don't look him up against the wall. And there's one smoking a joint. And there's one with spots. <coughs> um, oh, my God. They had some pretty good memes. I should have got some more water. They got they had some pretty good memes. Um, there's one. Did you ever watch The Office? No. There's so I'll explain it. There's a um a moment, it's where when is it? Halfway through the um whole series where uh Michael, the main boss, has to give a speech and Dwight like <laughs> tries to give him pointers as to how to give a, a powerful speech. And he talks about like pounding the podium and holding your hands up and pointing and, you know, basically looking like Hitler. <laughs> and then he ends up giving the speech and they had a meme of truth, uh, like right next to Biden and <laughs> It's when he's throwing his hands up, both of them. He looks like like Biden looks like Beavis when he's cornholio. Um, it was pretty pretty fitting. And I mean, there's been a couple of memes like that too. It just it seemed like uh, oh shit. It, there's one meme that's going around um, where it kind of does that, but it's this guy that looks like he's a cult leader, and a lot of people don't know what it's from. I can guarantee you they don't know what it's from. It's from uh, I almost said Magnum PI. Fuck, what was his name that was in it? Um, Tom, not Tom. Is it Tom? He was one of the Ghostbusters. No, no, no. He was one of the Ghostbusters. Well, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was in it. And then, oh, shit. What's his name? Not Chevy Chase. Son of a bitch. This is going to hurt me. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. What was that movie? Him and Tom Hanks were in. They played detectives. Oh shit! I gotta look it up. Uh, what like I hate Car everybody. Or something was it? Or yeah, drag, yeah, yeah, Dragnet. Dragnet. That's what it was. Well done. That meme of the um the evil cult leader is from that movie when they get when they uh, go to the major party or whatever a cult party at the end and uh, get thrown in the the volcano or whatever the hell it was. And there's all, there's the snake. I wonder if that's why I hate snakes. As I watched that movie as a kid, uh, there's a snake and they fucking fed it all the drugs. That they were with. Oh shit, man. I gotta watch that movie again. Oh, that's the movie that they, they called tra- I think they called trannies trannies. That's where I first heard the word. Was that movie? I've known about trannies since, Oh, man. Back in the 80s. Well, seemingly I've only known about them since fucking Dragnet. <laughs> well, as it turned out, I lived in a neighborhood who had a little bit of everything. And we had some trannies. And the neighborhood I lived in was pretty tough, man. You, you couldn't be a tranny. You couldn't be a lot of things. And that neighborhood... Without getting your ass kicked. <clears throat> and some of these trannies hung out for a while. And I remember as a kid asking my dad, I was like, well, that dude's a tranny. Uh, 
how's he still here? You know, if we do not accept them here in this neighborhood. And my dad said he he earned that right to stay there. He's a tough training. He whooped yeah. some ass. <laughs> he whooped some ass. He took some ass kickings. And, you know, they're like, all right, dude. You're here. And you know what? That was our tranny, too. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else could come in. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever want to uh, fight a tranny or a gay guy. Not that I think I'd lose, but for the small possibility that I could lose and what they would do to me if I was, like, incapacitated. (laughs) There was – Joe Rogan had – just made a joke one time on a show about if Brock Lesnar decided to fuck you, to rape you as a man, like, what can you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a frightening thought. Oh, well, I would uh, kick his knees out. Well, you try to. <laughs> oh, no, I would. <laughs> big, massive fucking piece of muscle. You try to. None of them want to get their knees kicked out from underneath them, trust me. I would turn into the girliest fighter. <laughs> I'd be pulling hair, eye gouging, scratch. I'd fucking everything I could to make sure that the fucking mean some bitch didn't try to break oh, yeah. me. He doesn't want to scare me. That don't want to happen. But to quote my favorite hero, Elvis, when it comes to fighting someone bigger, <laughs> and one of his songs is real cool. He says, You ain't big, you're just tall. That's all. <laughs> uh yeah, well, I mean, it's not so much in the sense of like fighting them. Because fighting would be a little different because I'm not I, there's not the risk level of the other one where it's not about a fight, it's about them trying to instill oh, something inside of you you'll yeah, we'll see there would be a fight <laughs> there would probably be like the first yeah, heavy yeah. object i could find up against his head oh for sure you're looking for every stick i'm not talking a fair fight no something dude not. like that scares me it's on him okay whatever <laughs> happens that's on him from now on that's i'm not the, really worried the- about me when those are the uh, the rules or whatever, um, the risks, there's another word I'm looking for. Uh, no, it's no longer a fair fight. I'm not fighting with my knuckles. If I can find a gun, I'll use it. A machete. A machete. So uh, this... this uh, I get your point. Speech, that... Yeah. This speech that happened, um, have you heard of any of the ramifications since? of uh a few things because essentially they're made they're they they're trying to walk it back um jean pierre is how i'm going to refer to her as jean Jean claude pierre jean claude van pierre um jean claude van damme uh, a couple of the videos today but so they tried to walk it back to say that it was um biden was talking about just the people that held office did you get that feeling from anything that uh, you've heard no, and you know what no matter what they say 
speech he made, it went down into the history books. It is yeah. not getting walked back. Yeah. No, I agree. I, you know, when I had, if I can interrupt. Sure. I was considering him like not much different than Stalin or uh, Mao Zedong or Kim, Kim Jong-il or Ung or Stalin. I was wondering, like, when those assholes got up in front of their people and started running their mouth like they were, if somebody would have just 86'd them right then, if Stalin, if somebody would have stood up and threw an axe at his head, like, dude, what are you talking about? How better the world would be. But none of that has ever happened through history. Those buttholes have been allowed to stand up in front of us and say that crap. And Biden was saying a bunch of crap and he was poking the bear. He was poking. If someone like that was talking to me in front of me in a bar or out on the street, I would eventually be like, hold on a second, dude. Are you trying to pick a fight with me? Because we can just do that. You don't have to sit here and wait for me to punch you. You just tell me you want to fight and we get going. So there's a, a theory that's going out around. I think I talked about it a little bit. Um, I've heard it mostly on uh, from Alex Jones on InfoWars. Um, where the theory is, is that they are trying to get... Uh, it's going to be one of two things. They're either trying to get an organic result from Trump supporters to go out and do something like what BLM did, right? And, and riot. Um, and, the, and you're right there. And it really does seem like it's getting that way that you have Biden out here with the speech where he's absolutely talking to or about um, half of the country, the voters. He's, he's baiting you. And right. Me, and anybody and that is not, you know, sucking and sitting at the foot of his cross, he's baiting everyone else. Yeah. Yes. And it's not just that. It's uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid. It's the attempting to... Um, prevent Trump from getting on the ticket. Um, there's rumors of uh, them trying to press charges against him. Um, the White House, by the way, absolutely lied um, about not knowing about the raid. And in fact, as it turns out, they are seemingly the instigators of said raid. Let's see, did so this, is all to, this is all to... Like you said, bait people into doing, hopefully for them, to them, it's hopefully um, that there will be an, an organic, um, violent response from yeah. us so that they can I, use it. I'm a king of baiting. Like, I can honestly tell you, I've never really hit anybody just straight up, walk up and hit them. I mean, there's a few when it comes to like my sister will call like where my duty was involved. But outside, like if I'm at work, I've never just punched someone in the face. Sure. But what I did do was bait them to punch me. Right. 
instigate him into not just instigate him, but especially when somebody's pissed you off bad enough. Yeah, you uh, know, I'm like, I'll yeah. be cool, but I will bait them into punching me. So I can punch them. I mean, I want to punch them. Right. And where I came from, it's totally legal to punch them. But out in the real world, I can't punch people unless they put their hands on me. Right, because you're, you're worried about the legal ramifications. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And so, and I'm prepared for whenever they're going to punch me. I mean, I know they're going to punch me. They don't even know it yet. And I'm setting myself <laughs> up for this punch that they don't even know they're throwing. Or they might even try to choke me. I don't know, but I'm going to get them. Oh, excuse me. Situation. It's a trick. And, and that's what he is doing. Yeah. From like, yeah, 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 for sure. But that's a trick that you learn from like kids from, I don't know if it's the generation after, after mine, but certainly I remember that out on the, out on the schoolyard, you know, that trick that you can learn to just press somebody's buttons to right where, you know, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll throw on you first so that you don't get in trouble. You were just defending yourself. You know, but in the at the same time, you were like, "Oh fuck, man!" What no, can you, I, do? I was the cause. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but um, I also I sent you. I don't know if you can see it. The thing I that sent, you definitely sent me. The uh, the it's a long old paragraph. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, I, I was I was wanting to read it, but I thought you'd be a better reader. I appreciate that. <laughs> to be honest, with, you know, you are an author and a writer, so you'll probably put that uh-huh. together better than me. And now this is from a Chris Christopherson song. And it's yeah, from... It's, it sounded like there's a rhyme scheme to it. Yeah, and it, it goes on, but I was like, I posted it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, can't see? <laughs> oh, no, you know what? I think you, uh, I think it all is all on there, yeah. But I only could only post half of that on Twitter, so I went around and I was trolling some people, and I posted that. This is a song. Yeah, it's a song. It's called "Don't Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down." It came out in the mid '90s, and but it is so relevant, I think, today. All right, especially today. I'll try it. All right, but remember what I said when I first started this episode. I'm high as a kite. Killing babies, the name of freedom. We've been down that sorry road before. They let us hang around a little longer than they should have. It's too late to fool us anymore. We're seeing the ones who killed the ones with vision. Cold-blooded murder right before our eyes. Today they hold the power and the money and the guns. It's getting harder to listen to their lies. And I got to what my daddy would have done if he'd seen the way they'd turn this dream around. I got to go by what he told me. Try to tell the truth and stand your ground. Don't let the bastards get you down. Yeah, that is, uh, as you said, very relevant to what's going on. Today, they hold the power and the money and the gun. Exactly. See, people, while you don't give up your your guns, people in other countries, get them back. You know, I don't, think, I don't think we can take back the presidency, but what we can take back 
you know, it's like a real live president, but we can take back our hometown. All of us yeah. need to get right back down into our hometown. Our scoreboards well, in our towns need help. I think we can get back to presidency. And I mean, I think it's a, it's a, uh, it's a conjoined effort of what you just said and being local, but also voting in Congress and, and Senate. Um, I think that's where it starts. Um, this upcoming midterm is going to be huge, huge, you know? Um, I mean, there's a lot of hope in a lot of different things that you need. It's not just getting Republicans in, you know? I mean, I've talked before about how uh, there's, there's some bad re Republicans in there too. So yeah. you got to hope there are that other people out there, green party, sure. not, you know, not libertarian. libertarian. Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of, I'm not familiar with most of them. I think an easier way to get in, get the third parties in there would be to get the Republicans in first, uh, the good ones. Um, and then you can start to bring in, the libertarians if i'm it, i'm trying to look at it as realistically as possible because you know the libertarians are becoming more of a party i think i just don't think that they're there and i i even i even heard um somebody talking to dave about him running and saying to him you know you're not going to win but you're still trying and that's i think that's a realistic way of looking at it you know, I don't want to admit that I want the idea that a libertarian can become president. But looking at it realistically is you got to build it. You know, the, the Democrats have been around for a long, long time. Republicans almost almost as long as the Democrats are an older party. Well, um, I would ahead. like to see that that BS lie that we were all told in kindergarten and first grade. You can grow up and be president. Yeah. Now that right there, those people in kindergartens, they could, you know, if we could find a way to let those kids grow up, we've had the same family, Bushes, Clinton, yeah. you know, even Obama's a, a uh, Clinton and a Bush. All these people are related. We don't need, we're done. Like, you know, to be honest, Trump does not impress me. I mean, I enjoy some of the things he says, but as far as like a president, he didn't do much for me, to be honest with you. He shut America down. He invented a, a vaccine. Now, the only thing about him is he didn't tell everybody to go take it and wasn't going to be forced on him, but he does tell people to go take it. Yeah. Yep. That is a an absolutely he he was an epic failure for that whole summer of hate when he could have put a stop to it. People were like, Well, somebody had to ask him. No, they don't, man. He's got an executive order. He got an executive order and he has he has an executive order all the time. You know, okay. and so what if people are mad at him? Whoop de do. You know, if he's wanting to do the right thing. Well, do the right thing, but he didn't do the right thing. I know it upset some Trump people, but I'm like, sir, he might be a better answer than O'Biden, but O'Biden is a bag of rice.
you know, when my papa had dementia, you know, every now and then he was just a hateful old man. And he was something else. Yeah, those are all very accurate um, criticism, you know, in part. Well, you know, I think he was a pushover um, in ways in order to, to get to that second term. I mean, and, and I think it would tell a lot to see how he would operate in the second term. And and that I think that's a bigger part of why I want to see him in there. Well, the first term he had nothing but Obama and Clinton people as his aides. Yeah, yeah, yep, and some Bush people in there. Yeah, um, you know he had the swamp right there surrounding him. Yeah, and I'd want to see what that would look like, and and I think it would be the. I think that what's the word I'm looking for? That would be the the ultimate revealing of who, what he was as a president. You know, if he were to come in again for a second term, which is really looking like he's going to run, um, and how he like if he would get different people in there, if he would be more bullish. If he wouldn't be such a pushover, if he would, you, in his situation, the National Guard that he would use it because, you know, he's already been treated that way before. Um, and this time through, he's not worried about getting reelected. You know, I think a, I think that's like a fighter. You know, there's a lot to be said about a fighter that goes into a fight that has nothing to lose. You know, it, that's what makes like I haven't I'm releasing the first part of this episode with this episode, I made it earlier today where I talked about um, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has a, his last fight on his, on his uh, contract with the UFC is this upcoming weekend. And he really doesn't have a lot to lose other than his pride. Um, You know, he's kind of, this is a lot of people are thinking in the UFC. Um, Why would they get rid of him? Uh, I don't know if it's because he's a problem child, but he's, he's, you know, a long time. Um, and he's not happy with uh, a lot of the aspects of the UFC. Um, so, and, you know, there's, it, the UFC isn't just made up of Dana White. In fact, it's a whole new owner now that used to be the Fertitta brothers. But anyway, anywho, um, he's going into that with that mindset. Everybody thinks he's going to lose. He has nothing to win, you know, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, maybe a title shot if he beats him, but you know, he'll be back in the title contention. But at the same time, he's even talked his last interview about, um, he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about the championship. That's not on his, he just wants to fight the best fighters and, and show everybody that he's his own champion. So, you know, it's got, a lot and if he has to go somewhere else to, to do that then he'll go somewhere else to do it. i mean it's how what his brother did his brother had great success um so i mean it's kind of the same way with like i said but trump is that you know to go in that second term knowing that this is it you don't have to worry about campaigning the last year of your your term man and you're not worried about anything else you've already been impeached you know you just keep doing the same time you do it 
without being a pushover. You do it without worrying about, you know, reaching over the aisle. I'd want to see that. I think there'd be something a bit different, or at least I hope there would. And I want to see what, I want to see if that's the case. You know, it's like, it's like watching a movie and stopping it three quarters of the way through and then never watching it again, you know, and you want to see, you, you wish you could have saw how it ended. I want to see how that ends. See yeah. if I'm right. You know, say what I will. I still wish Trump would have been. The one, but, you know, they would have been harassing him about everything. They would have been more Bernie. Do you think that if he wins that they, they won't start burning crap down again? Yeah, but I think this time, like I said, I, I think he'd be a little bit quicker on the draw. Because he was, he was getting pretty close in some areas about bringing in the uh, um, National Guard. But if you remember, so much had to do with what, what, is, what is his actions going to be because we're heading towards an election. You know? So. Right. Well, we can see what their actions are. Yeah. So we know. We know their game plan. You know? Um, he knows their game plan. But. I mean, I'm I'm also speaking from a position that uh, I'm not having meals with him. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And like I said, man, your your critiques are you're not alone. You know, I'm right there with you with a lot of them too. I've talked about them. You know, he has let people down. The vaccine thing, huge. He should not have been on board with that. I mean, I get it in the beginning, but you know, once your base, I mean, he doesn't have as strong a, a um a finger on the pulse going on in his own base. Well, and then before he left, they weren't wanting to take that vaccine. Yeah, I know. They were like, Oh no. I said it too. I said, you know, I don't, I even Trump, I'm not, I don't want to take his vaccine. I want to see what happens. I'm going to, you know, the ones that are that frightened, see what happens. You know, (laughs) what, over dead i might have jumped a little bit i I would have jumped towards that vaccine more than likely you know i'd have been calling for one too yeah falling over dead because of covid or they're coming out like with uh ebola okay hey you you know i'll try it fucking (laughs) i'll try it because people are fucking falling over dead people my age i'll take two they're shitting their intestines out. It's gross. <laughs> I'll take two. I got two arms. That's what just somebody just said that today on MSNBC or some shit. Well, you got two arms. Get two boosters. Holy shit, dude! You fucking drug pusher. Um, but like I said, if there would have been evidence, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of people because that causes a panic. You, that's when you really like go, oh shit. What do you guys know? <laughs> what do you guys got for me? Yeah. Experimental? Okay, let's have at it. Yeah, uh, hook me up. You know, when I was in the military, I took, I don't know what. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but, you guys are the guinea pigs. You guys are their guinea pigs. And there was no, and I was a big no guy. If, <laughs> if I had an opportunity without getting my head bashed in and thrown in, not taking a shot I would have done it because I was a big no guy and there was no no to that yeah um luckily now there is 
Yeah, now there is. And there's some um, there's some pushback that's going on, too. I mean, that's the stuff that I'm kind of getting a little bit happier about, a little bit more hopeful of, um, is that there there are cases that are moving forward, uh, especially like within the military. I think it's I think it's the Navy right now or maybe it's the military as a whole. And I just remember seeing Navy. But there's some people who are who are able to go forward in their suits um, against whoever. I don't know if it's you know somebody from Big Pharma or the, the government as a whole or the Navy itself. Um, for violating their religious exemption or something to that effect. I know that there's, there's something going on there. Um, Trump just got a lawyer that sided with him to have a, a special, what is it? A special magistrate or some shit. Uh, master. Master. What was it? What was the last part? Master something. It's a hey. master that looks over what was uh, taken from his house. Yeah, but it is the master, and I'm like, okay, that don't sound okay. creepy. <laughs> okay, um, I'm like, no, I'm not calling you master. I well, you heard the new news about that, or some of the leaked details is that they they uh, went through, um, shit. What's his son's name? His uh, younger Baron Baron Trump's um, room and clothes and shit. Which, outs like if this other thing wouldn't have been a thing, then it's like, I don't like it. I'm not in support of it, but it's like if they're gonna do something like that, a raid, then you would assume that they're gonna look through everybody's shit. Um, but the massive contradiction here is they didn't do shit about Hunter Biden's laptop, but they're gonna the youngest son how old is he 16 16 the youngest son right. teenager of donald trump they're going to look through his shit but they're not going to do a fucking thing about hunter biden Except probably picked up all his masturbated socks yeah they probably fucking helped him out clean it up you know probably got rid of some prostitutes in the process but couple, you know young 16 year old <laughs> You know, it's it's just it's such a, a fucking joke, such a bad joke, you know, that that's happening, you know. But so, like I said, there's a little bit of hope because you got a lawyer that's, um, you know, citing. I don't want to say citing for Trump, but, you know, not against him at every step of the way. You don't have some blue haired psychopath that's talking about, you know, the LGB alphabet community. So that's a positive, I'd say. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they have anything on the man. To be honest no. with you, I know, and that's what's so fucking hilarious is that he keeps keeps coming out cleaner and cleaner. You're like, fuck, man. It's just ratings for everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they don't got to talk about Trump. They got nothing. I mean, well, they would have to talk about all you know the border, inflation. Yeah. Uh, food uh infrastructure they they don't want to focus know, on that they'd have to talk about to jackson mississippi yeah what happened with that the water went bad or some shit their water infrastructure has an epic fail it is no longer a water infrastructure there because these people in that democrat town have been 
and just not taking care of their people. They were just crooked politicians and finding other ways to put that money somewhere else instead of business. And now, oh, Biden is going to pay to get it all done. You know, this is their sewer and all the water pipes and all that stuff. So what, they just weren't fil- filtering it or filtrating it? They weren't no, they weren't it? fixing it. They weren't fixing the pipes. So did did something happen like with um, Flint? No, it wasn't like Flint. Flint could still get all that trashy water to the house. But it, you know... Uh, the water isn't even getting to the houses, so they can't even boil it. No, there are no water going to, to anybody's houses. They got to go get bottled water Ooh, and other sweet. sources. Everybody. This happened. I, I just heard some shit about it recently. Uh, ago, I made a comment about it, and I was like, okay, well, there you go. Ain't nobody going to help you because you're a bunch of black people, and all your buddies in D.C., they don't like black people, and especially your liberal buddies. Yeah. And that yeah. town is has had nothing but black people running it for i don't know how long the mayor there's i don't think there's been a white mayor in that town um i was just thinking about that today for like places like detroit baltimore memphis um atlanta you know it's like I mean, I think it's like most politics anywhere where you have kind of the, the people that want the power that get in there. They they, uh, they either get turned or they were already turned. They already wanted that power to, to begin with. So they get in, you know, they rise above the rest. Uh, they play whatever uh, politic games that they can. And uh, next thing you know, you have the worst in your community that's within positions of power that are only in it for their own self. And then you well, that's just the beginning. There are going to be more towns. Sure. That's uh man, that's rough. I didn't know it was uh, that they didn't have the water getting to them. And it's yeah, fucking you, rough. Yeah. You're not taking a shower. So, you're not cooking. You're not going to boil any water. I wonder if they're going to blame that on the who's the governor for Mississippi. So it's probably a conservative, wouldn't it be? Uh, probably. Well, they um, yeah, I'd say Democrat. When that happened in um, Flint, it was a Republican governor, and they, for sure, for being you know. Uh, certainly racist and Flint's because Flint's uh, I don't know if it's I think it is majority black. Um, well, yeah, it was just poor trash, black and white. Yeah, yeah, true. But um, oh shit, that's right. They did that fucking. They did a um, police uh, series for Netflix. I remember watching that of Flint. And it was after after the Flint water crisis and how low the the police were out there and shit. Was it? I don't think it was Stadies. Man, that was uh, that was odd. 
Yeah, what um, an embarrassing thing to happen in America. Yeah. Well, and then the blame gets thrown around and shit, and you know, yeah. Well, and for Flint, was it Flint? No, it was Detroit. In the that, so it's kind of interesting because it was Detroit. It was having to do with water, but it was for water bills. And from what I understand, that shit's still kind of going on today. Kind of lingered um, that people couldn't pay their water bills. And there was the threat of turning off their water. And the United Nations had said that they were about to stay, step in. So I wonder if there's going to be a United Nations thing for um, Jackson, Mississippi, if that's the case. I mean, I know you just said that Biden is going to basically take all, all of our and use it <laughs> towards that, um, whether, you, whether you want to or not. Um, he's going to, he's going to pay for it all. But, um, man, I wonder if that was yeah. ever. And it uh, won't happen overnight. Yeah, no, you gotta, the government doesn't move quickly. Insane. What's so funny is that like, oftentimes when there's like a, a catastrophe like that or, um, hurricane Katrina or whatever it may be, so much of that, the government depends on charity which when it comes to, you know, like the, the argument of, well, if you don't have government that's going to take care of these people, then what's going to happen? And it's like every time that there's something like this that does happen, you do have charitable people that show up. 9-11, you know, that wasn't just the government. That wasn't just FEMA that was cleaning that up. That was people from all over the country were coming in to to donate their charity, their their labor, their work to help find people you know same with katrina same with a lot of natural disasters you had also and you even had like private private electricians and carpenters and shit that were going down there uh so the private sector that was going to going down there to work for these people and help rebuild their homes and, and shit like that you had a lot of private people private sector people um giving their charity. So it wasn't just like a welfare thing where like the government was stepping in to fix whatever it was like, there's a ton of people that were going down there out of their own desire to help their fellow man, you know? So if that can give you a little bit of uh, hope that, you know, there's uh, charitable people out there that will take care of one another. Oh yeah. You know? Um, to uh, kind of finish about uh, this speech thing, um, I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, Peter Ducey, Ducey, why do I always fuck up this guy's name? He was with Jean-Pierre and um, the rest of the press corps. And uh, he brought up, because, you know, so much of this has to do with uh, um, Biden and in in his administration, the Democrats, giving us shit who believed that the the um, election was stolen. And Peter Ducey brought up to her and said, uh, well, in 2016, you had a tweet about how the election was stolen. <laughs> and her answer was so piss poor. She was like, yeah, but that was then. It's basically what she was saying. That was then and this is now. And we're going to focus on now. It's like, you can't even fuck. Um she even at one point said something to the effect of, I knew you were going to ask me that. 
and he missed his i mean he did great in questioning her i mean he, he and he does do really good i mean he's kind of it's he's, he's come out of nowhere to be like the the shine conferences of the one person that's going to ask some tough questions to these people and he gets it out and he fucking stumps her all the time because she's stupid but he i felt like he kind of missed a moment where she, when she said i knew you're going to ask me that that he could have responded by saying well then you should have an answer because she didn't give an answer you know right. it's what she does or at okay. least say you are you cool with being a hypocrite right and um and he wasn't he, i mean he he pushes he he throws those questions out there, asks her the hard questions. Sometimes, you know, there's, or not sometimes, plenty of times you'll have pushback, but man, he could have been bullish, you know, like you just said, he could have said some shit <laughs> and really put her back on her heels. Um, but they tend, he tends to, uh, and, and I mean, that's his thing and he, and he does really well by it, but you know, he tends to kind of let them hang themselves with their own rope. I mean, there's a big thing to be said about, you know, in, in any kind of, uh, a confrontation or, or um, even like a, uh, um, a time where you're trying to posture with somebody about a deal or something, you know, a negotiation where like silence is, you know, a pretty strong thing. The first person to, to say a number loses, you know, and he kind of approaches it from that standpoint too. And he, and I think he does a pretty good job, you know, um, but it was so telling, you know, and, and such a good find too, to see that there is such a hypocritical thing that's out there that you find that the, the Biden administration has done when they're claiming that anybody who questions the, the um, election is somehow some way this extremist that's against um, that's against uh, free and fair elections, you know, um, yeah. but anywho, ridiculous, very ridiculous, you know, um, but it's, it's, and it's becoming more and more obvious that, you know, they're, they're doing these things. They're being this hypocritical and people are catching on, you know? Um, and again, another hopeful thing to have is that people, and, and this was kind of something that I was telling my wife, you know, there's plenty of good people out there. You know, you just have a small minority that's in charge of a lot of things. And I mean, when we say small minority amongst 400 million people, you know, you're talking about still millions of people. So, but, you know, just like with negative memories, you're, it's easier to remember negative memories or, or carry on with negative feelings or negative attitude. It's just easier, you know, than to be, than to be positive. And, um, you know, just trying to, <clears throat> at least for my wife was just trying to help her to see that, you know, that, that small minority might, might out shout or I don't, I don't want to say outshine, but highlight themselves more than the the positive people that are out there but you know i think still we have uh the silent majority of people are are the more positive people that are 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 um that can get somebody like trump or DeSantis or or somebody else in you know you just got to wake yeah. up the right people there is I think a that, third of people who aren't 
involved in this game because they tell us these numbers and that's just one third and one third they keep saying it's half of america but there's another the third that don't do anything that don't vote don't ever vote yeah sure it is i still know people i know shit fuck i know some uh republicans who don't vote you know and there is something to be said about what you know putting out propaganda like that that you know you are you have half you know 81 million votes and you keep repeating it and repeating it it will tend to scare people into thinking that you're right and what what's the point if i get out there and do it you know that does influence people too yeah how many times did you hear 75 million people in the last couple days after that speech right everybody talking about it said 75 million people yeah and that's uh uh, uh, dude uh, um did you see the there was uh biden and trump both held rallies the other day and i think over in pennsylvania and go ahead trump was in scranton i believe that's where oh biden was born Something like that. Yeah, he brags about being from skin. Oh, it's a working class town. So that's, you know, that's I, PR I saw the crowd at Scranton and there was a lot of Trump people there. Yeah, so Trump had like thousands upon thousands. And he's always had the problem, the good problem of trying to find seating for them. Because if they can't get in, you'll see thousands of people outside of the uh the building you know just hanging out, almost tailgating i mean these are like fucking college football events when you go to a trump rally. yeah all the people i saw wasn't going in any building right you know they like to be among ones to you know among one another and and sit and it's, a, it's like a real experience you know this is one of the again one of the things that trump does bring to the table it is a real experience going to one of his rallies when people get in are able to get inside you know they they go back and they because he's something more um he matters more i think in terms of being a politician and what he has been able to influence on people to a degree you know like i've said we didn't trump being in there isn't something to be worshipped you know trump came along and it made you remember that this is what you stood for you know, Trump was really good at that, you know, bringing that back out in people. And right. So, you know, in, in those terms, more important to go see than a fucking football game, you know, because a football game isn't going to matter next year where Trump and what he what him and, and his people at his rallies do is that that's something that's going to have an effect, a lasting effect throughout history, you know. So it's it, for a lot of people that go to these things and they step inside and they see them, you know, it's like a life. I don't want to say a life changing event, but it's something that they'll tell their grandkids. Oh, yeah, I got to see Trump up here and, you know, at this time and, you know, whatever it may be. You know, it's a real for a lot of Americans, man. It's 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 something to them. So, you know, and it, I, I would say it would be cool to meet the guy. You know, I'd love to pick his brain about some shit and ask him some questions about some things. Like, fucking man, why didn't you get out of Yemen? You know, <laughs> like, 
How much were they really telling you from the fucking whatever? You know, did you know that these people were uh, were uh, um, swamp people? You know, when you hired them, and when you found yeah. out, did you do that when you kicked them out or whatever it may be? You know, how could he not know though? I don't know, man. You was know, he I just I, trying I, to bridge the politics. Maybe I don't know maybe. why he put so many. Well, I think it, it's a. You know, as much as I don't like to make a, um, a appeal to authority in a lot of ways, when you're in that position, you've never been a politician. You get it. Yeah, you've been the leader of some pretty successful um, endeavors, but this is the presidency. These are these are decisions that you're going to make that are going to affect people's lives. You know, whether it's it's war, or, you know, getting out of war and the people that end up getting killed, just like in Afghanistan. Um, you know, when that's the case, sometimes you you kind of give in and go, all right, you know, who who's who's has a history of being in this position that that'll help make good choices. Um, you know, if I'm going to try and and be adherent to the truth i think that that is probably a big portion of what happened with trump okay i could see it like uh he let's you know let's say doesn't assume like i do or know who those were you know he's got a lot of other things i got time to look at different people in the in their house and what and he might not yeah. actually have that. Trump might just be one of those people that don't like to vote. Yeah, could be. You know what I'm saying? He could have been one of those guys. I don't know. Not really. Yeah. I assume he's smart. But then again, I'm like, not everybody's interested in politics. You know, just jumping into the ring as president, that's one thing. But knowing about yeah. everybody's business over the last 30 years might yeah i mean when you're at that level outside of of the presidency you know you're running businesses and shit you're busy fuck dude i mean i've got essentially my own business but and i'm busy i mean just like today you know um you know chock full of shit couldn't respond to a whole bunch of people and you know friends and shit that uh i just barely saw messages that they're getting in yours everybody else's you know it's like i want to to be able to 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 you know carry on my relationship with my friends and stuff but at the same time you got you got a lot of fucking other shit you gotta do you know i just got done with some projects that i've been trying to finish up and so and that's just me and my small personal life, let alone a fucking company where you've got employees and you've got big decisions to make. And on top of that, you're wanting to spend time with your family and all that other stuff. And then now you want, you know, and you haven't been paying, like you said, you haven't been paying attention to all of these other politicians and shit. And so what do you do when you run a successful company? Well, you try to bring in um, the biggest yeah, names that you can. Go ahead. They would all look good on paper. If that's right. what you were looking at, you know, yeah, yeah. that's so, what people look at when I'm in, sitting in front of them and they're looking at my paper and they're like, all right, this looks good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of slack to be given in that re respect. And not just that, but I think even more in the sense that, you know, he did have a revolving door, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, he was firing a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he did do that. 
You know, it's like, okay, I'm not getting the results that I want here. I'm going to run it like a business. You're fired. I got a hundred thousand other people that'll take your spot in an instant. You know, you, I thought you were going to be the best. I don't like the direction you're bringing the next guy, see what he can do, you know? And, uh, I think, I think the mainstream, well, I mean, any step he took, they were all over it, you know? And I think that was something that they highlighted. Oh, he's got an unstable cabinet, you know, he's got an un unstable set of uh, people working under him. And, uh, you know, that's somehow a, <clears throat> a net negative for his, his administration. It's like, I don't know, man, you know, it's, it, I feel like it was something that he wanted to try and, and find point, but, you can't tackle all of that or you can't, you can't accomplish it that way. Or maybe you can, but maybe it's not the best method with only so much time, right? You only have four years and that's iffy. If you get that next four years, obviously it went the way that it did. So. <clears throat> he usually wasn't upset about anything they were saying. Yeah. He, uh, man, he has some thick skin. Maybe yeah, uh, didn't bother him to call him a name right back either. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and even with he's the like the, the bad breakupper from the Seinfeld. Even with his mean, his quote unquote mean tweets, I don't remember during his presidency him saying. I mean, I I I know that there was some stuff in there that was callous, but I don't remember it being like too extreme or over the top. You know, he was usually going after whatever politician or, you know, policy that they're trying to pass or some shit, you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one. Um, certainly didn't go after. I mean, he did talk some shit about the left, which makes up a portion of, of the United States, but it's also the portion of the United States that hates us. He wasn't um, using foul language. No. And he did go after Democrats, but um, when he went after Democrats, he was going after the Democrat, politicians it was pretty fucking obvious that he was going after them whereas in biden's speech you know like i said they tried to they tried to um they tried to sugarcoat it after his speech and say oh no we're going after the we were going after the the seat holders it's like no you weren't <laughs> you were going to have after the fucking voters you're going to ha after half half the population you know you lying sacks of shit so that and that was the stark difference between them and and what Trump does. And, you know, kind of does seem like they had tried to take a picture, a page out of his book. And um, they're just too stupid to to read it before they fucking took it out, you know, to understand it better how to do it. Yeah, so. they're hateful. Oh, man. Yeah, they are. Trump was not ever, ever like that. But then again. I wasn't a snowflake. And I know that some of that stuff he said, I had to laugh at whether <laughs> I liked him or not. I was like, now that's funny, dude. And I just liked it also because it made the snowflakes, you know, pissy. Yeah, that was a, a definite bonus. And, you know, it's so funny because of how many like libertarians thought the same thing. They're, you know, they're like, I don't like them. There's a lot of libertarians that don't like Trump. And, uh, but they really enjoyed how much he pissed off the left. And I think most people did that weren't on the left. 
was such a it was such a, a funny thing to see him say something and then lose their fucking mind. You know? But I think about the nastiest thing I heard him say was about old morning Joe's old lady and after her face lift <laughs> the bloody face. Uh, now that was funny. Yeah, and that was such a direct shot right at her, obviously. Um, but it was like her and Joe. You know, and Joe, whatever his name is, got all fucking trying to defend his wife and shit. And Trump's just sitting in the Oval Office giving him the finger. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Go drink yeah. a cup of alcohol. <laughs> and fucking Joe made that song, whatever that song was on the guitar that he made. It's like, you fucking cringe fest. Um, yeah, and Trump's just sitting back like, Fuck you and your wife, you bitch. <laughs> I think 20 I years mean, ago, I didn't mind him. Yeah. That was, you know, a long time ago. I didn't sit down and watch much of him, but yeah. when Trump well, got in know. office, it was off the chart. Yeah, it really was. Um, it's all you know, about ratings. Oh, for sure. There's a guy named Viva Frey. He's a Canadian lawyer who's got his own um, YouTube channel. And uh, I thought it was so was so interesting because I, I was out cutting my yard, had my headphones in, was listening to some shit, and uh, came across his. He talked about um, Sam Harris, the Sam Harris thing that came out. And, man, I didn't think that this guy um, def- would defend Trump the way that he did, uh, this Viva Frey guy. And, man, he just fucking – ripped into sam harris about um you know the his statement about uh, hunter biden could have had uh, the, the corpses of young kids in his basement and he'd still vote for him and i mean holy shit dude it's viva frey uh, if you get a chance check him out on youtube um yeah, i think he said dead babies yeah something like that you could it have was that dead babies was it and i was uh, like all right, you can that say what so you want to say, but then when I started thinking about it, and I looked into him a little bit more since then, and there's quite a uh, um, connection with old dude. Well, yeah, with Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's why he made a character based off of him in my book. He's oh hell yeah, dude! Quite a uh, character, man. He's he's. He's a fucked up dude. There was, you know, and it's funny because Viva Frey brought this up. I, If you remember, months ago, months ago, um, Sam Harris made this claim that Osama bin Laden was a more honorable person than Trump. If you remember anybody ever saying that, that was Sam Harris. Shit. Um where and he went into deep detail he didn't just like accidentally say something and not mean it he was like no he's uh i think his example was osama bin laden bin laden would have sacrificed himself for his people or something that done you know done things in his leadership to benefit his people and defend his people whereas trump would only defend himself and he even said some shit like a thousand miles in any direction of Trump, you won't find somebody as bad as Trump. And it's like, dude, your fucking Trump derangement syndrome is off the charts. 
to think that you can't find a single fucking person. Like, Viva Frey even pointed out that Trump lost out on half of his business when he became president because you're taking a political side. You're probably going to have the other side, which at that point, kind of, it's kind of 50-50 in this country um, to an effect of who votes what. And uh, or at least who buys things. And Trump um, had them both. He had both the Democrats and the Republicans loving him, you know, and to run as president. Uh, you lose a certain amount of business. And that's what Viva Frey was pointing out. And yet, you know, Sam Harris is sitting over here going, he's the most selfish man that would never, you know, do whatever. And uh, it's like, well, he did give up a whole bunch of money to go fucking be the president, you know, and he didn't need to do that to get the prestige that he had had, you know, that yeah, comes with. That guy was selling baseball caps. Yeah. And sold them pretty. Is there another hat that's been his pop? You think? Um, I don't know. You know, I like baseball caps, but that uh, that trucker cap, I'm no, I can't do that, Trump. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I always no. wanted to get a good one, you know. But now that it's like at the fucking level it's at, I'd still like to get one if I could find a good fit. I got a a, a t-shirt. I got it sitting in a box with a camera I'm supposed to send out to Washington for a buddy of mine. I know he'll wear it proudly just to piss him off because there's a lot of liberals around there. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, dude, I could wear it around here and get thumbs up. I was like, but uh, I just like to see you get looked at funny. That's all. (laughs) And he's like, send it. No. Oh, he's all in on Trump now. He don't, he don't like it. Sometimes, hear me harass him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like I said, man, you know, it's it, listen. You got to hear the, you got to hear the critiques too. It can't just be a full fledged, you know. I mean, we're all human. We all fuck up. I would, uh, I would hope that if I were ever in some kind of position like that, that you know, people would keep my feet to the fire. Yeah, and my mind changes. You know, I might see something later that I go, oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Like, I doubt that. Like, with Sam Harris, you know, I believe, even though we hear him say that, and he's labeled Trump derangement, I don't know if he really cares at all other than just saying the words that he is saying is his goal. I don't believe he truly believes what he's saying because, as you know, he's not a stupid person. Yeah, that's a good point. That is, um, you know, maybe he's just almost trying to tr- like trick himself, maybe to a degree. No, not trick himself, but trick people who listen to him. In that um, interview that he did, and he said a lot of things, but he talked really? about the George Floyd thing. And he talked about the thousands of people that took to the streets because they thought that this went on thousands of times every day and they were tired of it. And that was good. He liked all those people believing that, but we, he's like, and he's like pointed at the guys that were interviewing him going and, you know, and I know there's probably only been, you know, less than two handfuls of people killed. 
and actually a lot more white people. He's like, but this is what those people believed. So they put people up to making it sound like that. The the media. Yeah. Like they could have told the truth, but they made it sound. Now I'm not trying to take away from dude getting killed, you know, and that that's a bad thing. But you know, he was a POS, so True. You know, I don't have a I'm not gonna lose sleep over it, but yeah. honestly, yeah. I believe in America though, he should have had his time in court. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's the it, with the more information that came out too, you know, it felt it, you could you could analyze it a little bit more rather than just seeing it for, you know, the video that we all saw in the beginning. And I think, man, there's so, such a great opportunity for people to, to really come together at that point. And even before the information came out, which was on purpose, um, you had a faction of our populace that decided that they were going to take it in, a, in a, uh, their own direction instead of coming together. You know, and then everything happened after that. But like you said, you know, yeah, I can see that too with uh, Sam Harris, where you no, know that guy's a scumbag. He's saying if, it for the followers. You know, if I was in front of him, I would bait him into punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, oh yeah, in a heartbeat. And you know what? That guy probably could. But then again, he might not really care. He's a Hollywood kid. Yeah. His uh, mom created uh, Golden Girls. And Soap. Really? Yeah. And so, you know, if you've watched Soap, have you seen all the craziness in that show? That's interesting. Yeah. Wasn't his parents involved in some socialist bullshit, too? Anti, um, anti they're both like producers of movies and things yeah. like that. Um, Maybe I'm also shady. another kid that I heard of recently whose parents were like, they were the Jews in Hollywood that were making Christmas movies and that was like their thing. <clears throat> I just heard about that um, again uh, yesterday. Well, I know John Todd talks about Oh, yeah. John Todd, dude. Nice, nice fucking name drop, dude. Yes, John Todd. He God. talks about the setting up uh, Christian music, Christian yep. movies, yep. and being Satanist, producing them. Man, that that story, that's so funny because, like, John Todd is, like, the, the embodiment of the human embodiment of the protocols because of how, how they treated him. Like it is as soon as like it started going around, that was in the early days of conspiracy research um, <clears throat> content that was out there. He was, he was, and, and that's when like before the fact checkers were fact checkers, people were coming out to say, especially on like um, if you looked up Wikipedia, his Wikipedia page, uh, that he was a, um, that he wasn't real, 
or he was a fraudster, snake oil salesman, or some crazy shit, you know, just like they do with the protocols. And yet he would go out to a whole bunch of different um, uh, churches and give these speeches about the Illuminati and everything that he, <clears throat> excuse me, everything he was talking about. Uh, what, in the 70s? Yeah, I want to say something like uh, 74. Uh, 79. Yeah, he I was think talking about the crap hitting a fan in 80. But he also talked about, you know, different things and players and there are things that could change it, but this was also their goal. He was like doing things uh, way ahead of other people. Oh, for sure. I th Man, I think he was like right Cooper. So, and he was talking, he's talking about all the shit that Bill Cooper, Alex Jones, David Icke, Mark Dice, Aaron Russo, all those guys were talking about, but he was doing this back in the seventies. Yeah. And he was going, driving himself with a, in a car with a uh, trunk full of uh, cassette tapes yeah. and driving around to churches and speaking in front of them. And he was talking about, you know, uh, the Illuminati. Yeah. Oh, straight the, up. Uh, oh, name. The yeah. uh, world. Um, uh, what the 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 banking? What is it? Something that you talk about all the time. Rothschilds. Um, he was talking about good. every bit yeah. of it and going into like great detail. Oh yeah. So this like idea of him being some kind of fraudster that doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, dude, everything that he had talked about. Any, anybody who's listening right now, look up John J O H N Todd T O D D. And, and sometimes his last name is Collins. Yeah, that's right. He had they. There's something they, about they trace him all the way back to the beginning of the families and the witch trials. His families were in charge of. Yeah, there's that's a is a very interesting. He's a yeah, very he he be, was in born into witchcraft. And uh, was like several generations of it and was definitely against Jesus. He's like when, uh, you know, when these kids were reading the New Testament at 10, I was reading um, uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, when they were reading this, I was reading J.R.R. Tolkien. And he started talking about how bad they were. C.S. Lewis? Yeah. And he's like, and they'll tell you, they'll probably sell his books in your bookstore here. He's like, but it's bad. You need to get rid of it. He's like, mm -hmm. it's what, that's what all of us witches read when we're 10. And I'm like, uh, wow, because I know a lot of people are say he's, you know, the best Christian writer ever. Yeah. Until me. <laughs> So, well, so theoretically, it could just be you. No, no, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Because he's out of the picture. If he is, John Todd is correct. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, yeah he said some really crazy stuff. I mean, good stuff, but I mean, he was just, like you said, he was just out there talking about it. And I mean, when you hear this guy talk about all the things that, you know, he talked about, um, he yeah. he would talk a lot like uh, like uh, Dr. Kent Hovind, 
like just so certain of the thing, like you can hear the genuineness in his voice and the, the boldness and in, in the things that he was saying. And he was talking so effortlessly about it. Not like somebody who's trying to manufacture a lie as they're going along and trying to piece these pieces together that they don't believe in. It's like when you listen to him, it's like listening to somebody actually tell you about not only their experiences, but you know, the plans and stuff like that. So, um, very, very interesting, um, character, not character, but, but yeah, he, uh, he came to, uh, God, some, yeah. uh, some preacher man knocked on his door every day and, uh, said, uh, you know, John Todd said, you know, I, I hate Christ. I don't know why you keep coming here. Well, why you keep coming here? He's like, cause you know, Anyway, he said that preacher came by his door every day and for almost a year, like 364 days times he came by and 364 times he said, I hate Jesus. And then the next time he showed up, he changed his whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to him again. I haven't listened to him in a long time. It might help with my... Uh research i'm doing on the um console on foreign relations and trilateral yeah, yeah he talked about the council of foreign relations back yeah. then and it, i mean that shit goes all the way back to league of nations you know which ended up becoming um united nations and then all the shit that came out from that so there's a, well, lot, I listened of to a lot of uh, i wanted to debunk him like i got yeah. into john todd in like say 2004 Oh, I got you. And I wanted to debunk him. There are some things out there, but as far as like debunking him, you know, you can't prove some of the things he says are lies or that, you know, anything is a lies. You can insinuate or infer, but it's like, you know, in a court of law, like actual show me the numbers. Right. No. Yeah. Well, it is late and I need to get some rest, my good friend. So uh, let's do this again. You good? Um, yeah, you good? I'm great. Excellent. You want to plug yourself? Yeah, yeah. If you want to get a hold of me, nuclearknucklehead at yahoo.com and thefrenchradionetwork.com fringeradionetwork.com boom you can get a hold of me at uh, metv1105 at gmail.com go to the website get the first chapter before I make it not free anymore which I've been rattling um, I think it did say I'd always have it as free I'll have to go back and think about that but anyway uh, go to the website uh, theweaponbook.com and you can find me on any social networking platform with the exception of TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter permanently until I get my account back, if I do. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Until next time, be accountable, be responsible. Don't be a bitch-ass liberal.